Hello, it's TechBiter Worldwide, formerly Technology Corner, for the week of February 4th, 2007. I'm Bill Blinn with an hour's worth of technology news in far less than an hour. That's because we leave out the sports, the jingles, the weather, and the commercials. Ever wonder how much your eyeballs cost? Well, spammers get them for free, but now there's a company in San Francisco that is placing a bet that you'll be willing to set up a new email address and accept commercial messages if you get paid for looking at them. And they'll also shield you from spam. Okay, clever idea. They've got my attention. The company is named Boxby. They say that some big companies would be willing to pay you 15 cents just to open an email. Now, that's interesting. If you compare 15 cents to the cost of, oh, say, for example, sending direct mail, 15 cents is less than the cost of just sending even a postcard, even at standard mail, what used to be called third-class rates. And then, of course, if you actually send a physical piece of mail, you have to pay someone to print it. You have to pay someone to prepare it for the post office. Fifteen cents. Hmm. That might work. So if you create an email account at Boxby.com, marketers can use that address to send you commercial messages, but they do have to pay what you specify to talk to you. Boxby takes a quarter of that, but then they pay you, too. So it's a kind of a challenge response anti-spam system. Friends and family can fill out a form that only a human could read and use that to send email to your new address. Now, this is a concept that could close the door on spammers while allowing legitimate companies who want to offer you legitimate products and services to be able to do that. Boxby says that some big companies already spend $500 per person per year on direct marketing. The new service gives consumers a chance to cash in on that spend, and it cuts out the traditional marketing programs. Company uh, co-founder Theed Loader's graduate research at the University of Michigan examined spam. Currently, spam is 80 to maybe 90, sometimes, depending on who you're listening to, 95% of the email transported via the Internet. If companies have to pay to reach you with an email, the spammer's business model, which is to send a million messages and hope for one or two responses, falls apart. If you sign up, you can allow Boxby to determine the best price for your eyeballs, or you can specify a minimum price. I tried it. I set a minimum price of 25 cents. So far, I have received not one message. Not a spam, not a real commercial message. Instead of having Boxby send you the money, you can also choose to have the company make a donation in your name to one of several charitable organizations. For that, I selected Second Harvest. I don't mind legitimate commercial messages from organizations I'm likely to do business with. I get several of them every day. But I strongly resent spam. You probably do, too. Boxby was launched late in 2006. I wish them luck. If you'd like more information... Visit the Boxby website, not too surprisingly, called www.boxby.com. In the old days, Corel seemed to be more interested in stuffing each new release with features, some of which failed to operate as advertised. That's changed over the past half-dozen or so years. Today's Corel is a lot more interested in performance, reliability, and stability. 
That's a point I mentioned when I spoke with the director of Corel Draws Graphics Suite, Gerard Matralier. It's been very well received, and, and absolutely, Corel has spent an, uh, really a lot of time and effort around understanding what our users need, what our users use within the application, and then making sure that the needs and the workflow of our users is answered the best possible way, so making the tools they use all the time work as well as possible. Uh, as well as making sure that the tools and the functionality we add into the product match the workflow of our users and not just great ideas that we could come up with. Speaking of users, in some ways, draw uh, is, is kind of the Rodney Dangerfield of graphics applications. There are some graphics professionals who say the only computer out there worth using is a Mac. And of course, uh, Corel doesn't have Corel Graphics Suite uh, for the Mac. You've got some other products for the Mac, but, but not the Graphics Suite. So how do you approach that professional market? We really make a big distinction between different markets here at, at Corel, for Corel Draw Graphics Suite especially. Um, the professional market uh, is twofold. You'll, you'll have the, the, the what we call creative professionals who, who are trained and have a long uh, art school training, etc., uh, and who will quite some time use a Mac, and these guys uh, are certainly uh, not the, the main target segment for us. But uh, we're really focusing around what we qualify here at Corel as a design professional, which are people who use a graphics application all day long for more than five hours a day. So they are professionals. They might not have been trained professionally, but they learned as they go and then made a, a profession out of it. Uh, and they, they have a long history around Corel Draw and around uh, the Windows platform. Um, and we've decided to focus our effort around developing for Windows uh, only uh, so that we can, don't have to do all the trade-offs that you need to do when you do cross-platform development. The X3 version has some powerful new bitmap capabilities that are built in working with photos, uh, which is something that's somewhat unusual in vector programs. The trace function, for example, used to be accomplished with a separate trace module. Uh, it has improved greatly over the years, and of course there's better support for CMYK, color, and, and all kinds of professional output. From our perspective, um, starting to blur as much as possible the lines between bitmap and vector, uh, and enabling the user to, to really work with both file formats within the single document, and then go from one to the other as easily as possible, is something that is very important for the workflow of our users, and that's where we spend a lot of time and effort uh, in the development perspective. And as you mentioned, uh, Corel uh, PowerTrace, which is a brand new addition in the Corel Draw Graphics Suite X3 uh, has been added there specifically to answer this need of converting bitmap into uh, vector graphics in the best possible quality. And how can we do that in as little clicks as possible, in as little operations as possible, yet generating a vector graphic that is ready to be used and ready to be uh, Output it in many different formats. Combining the ability to handle both uh, both vector and bitmap uh, files within the same file has to be a pretty huge challenge. I know there's some other programs that have tried to do that with more or less success, but it, you know, it looks to me like Corel pretty much has the corner on the market for really being able to do that in a single program right now. It is a, it is a big challenge, uh, but on the other side, it is also very, very important for the users, and we do a lot of research and surveys with our users and understanding and usability testing uh, to understand how our users work. And what what is amazing enough is a lot of people out there don't understand the difference between vector and bitmap, even if they're professionals. Sometimes they're still confused and they're not 100% sure what is the best medium to use. And being able to use both as they were the same is very important. 
But on the other side, Corel and we at Corel Draw Graphics Suites Development Team know very well that we cannot uh, do anything, everything that you would do with a professional photo editing software directly in Corel Draw, for example. Reason why we have a lot of the functionalities to edit bitmaps and photos directly in Corel Draw, but at the same time, we also include uh, Corel Photo Paint, which is the, an award-winning photo editing software that is full-featured that enables you to do all the rest and all the professional things you would do on your photos, for example. Microsoft has really no professional graphics application. Microsoft does have a lot of applications that need graphics. There are some people who use uh, Word to create documents that are, are illustrated. Uh, and, of course, PowerPoint is probably the, the most obvious program for Microsoft that needs graphics. Draw is, I think, one of the best companions for PowerPoint. So have you been able to work with Microsoft to promote the graphics suite uh, in that way? We're working uh, not only with Microsoft uh, Office, but also uh, with Corel Wood Perfect Office uh, very closely to make sure that uh, for any Office productivity that you use, uh, that the end user uses in their workflow, they can work as closely as possible with it. Uh, we, we very well acknowledge the fact and we know that a lot of our users need and use a lot Office productivity uh, tools, uh, and uh, that's uh, also why uh, in Corel Draw Graphics Suite we have a functionality such as the export for Office, where you can select a graphic and just click on one button, and it will automatically optimize the file uh, so that it's exported in the best possible format to be reused in uh, present Corel presentations, Corel Word Perfect, uh, Microsoft Word, or Microsoft PowerPoint. Looking uh, back over the years, the suite has changed uh, as programs come and go, or in some cases come and stay. Draw, of course, was the the, uh, the first application and the, the one that started everything. Uh, Paint was added. Uh, Capture was added at one point. Uh, some other programs have, have come and gone. Rave is uh, one of those that went away. Corel Rave was, uh, has been uh, with Corel Draw Graphics, including Corel Draw Graphics Suite for, the, for three versions, uh, and it was the last included in Corel Draw Graphics Suite 12. Uh, we decided not to include it uh, for version uh, X3 of Corel Draw Graphics Suite uh, for different reasons. First of all, as I said before, we're spending a lot of time in, in user surveys and re usability and research, uh, and we wanted to focus really what matters most to our users, where their uh, core applications that they need all the time is and resides, which are Corel Draw and Corel Photo Paint, as well as the new uh, Power Trace that we introduced uh, in this version. Uh, and the other thing we did make sure to is that users of Ray from a previous version of Corel Draw Graphics Suite could still use that version that they had before uh, and make sure also that the file formats are fully compatible. So I can open a Ray file in Corel Draw uh, X3, for example, and reuse the content of that Ray file. Uh, and at the same time, I can still use Ray from Corel Draw Graphics Suite 12, for example, if I had that before. One application added. Uh, I don't even know how many versions it goes. The Bitstream Font Navigator, very helpful because the suite includes a lot of typefaces. Should we expect that uh, Corel would be providing other kinds of utilities like this? We'll always be looking at uh, what our users need and make sure that the Corel Draw Graphics Suite in the future, just like today, uh, matches and is the best possible solution for what our users need. Now, uh, which products or which utilities we would add? One example, as mentioned before, was the um, um, was PowerTrace. In previous versions, uh, it was a separate utility that was called Corel Trace that we have now fully integrated into Corel Draw so that the workflow is even more uh, smooth and seamless. 
Uh, the other thing that has always been very important for our users is all the content and support material that we include in the suite. Uh, with CorelDRAW Graphics Suite, we have over 10,000 clip arts that have been hand-picked uh, and specifically selected for the industry uh, and industries where our users are uh, so that they make sense for them. We also have training movies, uh, photos, and over a 1,000 fonts uh, that you can then use the Bitstream Font Navigator to actually manage and view. Yeah, sometime in the 80s, there, there were some probably marketing-driven decisions to uh, to release programs that really weren't ready to go out. And that mindset has gone away. I, we haven't seen that for, for a while now. And that's good. I'd much rather have it right than fast. Well, I'm happy that, uh, that you've noticed that because that's been a lot of focus from our perspective. Uh, and uh, it's, it's really important that we deliver the best product for our users Excellent. and their workflow. Uh, we spend a lot of time doing research, understanding, and usability testing focusing, uh, uh, if I can summarize it, at how can we optimize the task that our users do in 10 clicks a day and get them down to five clicks and make sure that these, um, I wouldn't say one click because that would just be crazy thinking, mm -hmm. but be able to go from, from 10 operations to five uh, on the task that they do most, uh, and that is so important because then they can gain 50% productivity uh, in the pack very quickly and yet make it as reliable as possible, as stable as possible. The fact that you've been able to maintain over the years the kind of minimal toolbox, I think, is is a good thing, too. Uh, you look at some of the, the offerings from Adobe and, and some of the other uh, software publishers, there's just stuff all over the place, and that is, has typically not been the case with Corel products. At the same time, we've added tools, in, especially in, in version X3, uh, such as the Hint Stalker, which uh, will show you in real time and interactively, depending on the tool you choose, a lot of hints and information on how to use that tool the most efficiently possible. So focusing a lot around the learning as you go and much more than, than actually requiring hours and hours of training. We're talking with Gerard Matralier, director of CorelDRAW's graphics suite applications. Gerard mentioned that it's possible, if you want to take a look at the new version, to download a preview. The listeners of your podcast are more than welcome to download a trial version of CorelDRAW Graphics Suite X3 uh, from Corel.com slash CorelDRAW. CorelDRAW Graphics Suite uh, really has been focusing uh, in the past versions, and with CorelDRAW Graphics Suite X3 especially, around being a, a full-featured, uh, powerful graphics solution and suite for all the graphics needs for vector and bitmap, but yet being affordable and easy to use and easy to learn. CorelDRAW Graphics Suite Director Gerard Matralier. You can download the latest version of the CorelDRAW Graphics Suite directly from the Corel website, and there's a link to the specific page you need on the TechBiter site, T-E-C-H-B-Y-T-E-R dot com. If you decide to buy and you don't qualify for the $180 upgrade price, the full version costs 380 There is no Mac version of the application now, and the Corel Graphics Suite X3's operating specifications include Windows 2000, Windows XP, Tablet PC, Windows XP, or Windows Vista. In other words, don't try to install it on Windows 98, Windows ME, or Windows 95. You're also going to need 256 megabytes of RAM, they say. I consider that absurdly low. I would recommend a minimum of one gigabyte. 
and you'll need 200 megabytes of hard disk space to install the program. The suite will run on a Pentium 3 600 megahertz processor, according to Corel. You're not going to like the response time if you try that. A much more realistic minimum would be a Pentium 4 1.5 gigahertz system. And screen resolution must be at least 1024 by 768, and I would note that more is definitely better. I reviewed the Corel Graphics Suite X3 last year, gave the application four cats. There's a link to that review on this week's TechBiter website. In nerdly news, Michael Quinion, who writes about international English from a British viewpoint, suggests this week that the term Google bombing is on the way out. I quote Quinion, Notoriously, at one time, if you entered the search phrase miserable failure as the search term in Google, the page that appeared at the top of the list of results was President Bush's biography from the official White House site. As Google ranks pages by their popularity based on the number of external links to them, pranksters were able to manipulate the order of its results through setting up lots of links from other sites that were keyed to that phrase. This is called Google bombing. The trick doesn't work anymore. Quinion explains why and suggests that perhaps even the term Google bombing will soon go away. Michael Quinion from this week's Worldwide Words. And speaking of Google, if a Google server crashes and nobody writes about it, did it really happen? Those who use Google's email product occasionally see messages about the service not being available. Usually it returns within a few minutes. Google also serves news, and late one night recently, the service began reporting Google error, server error. The server encountered a temporary error and could not complete your request. Please try again in 30 seconds. The company, which tends to be even less forthcoming than Microsoft, has not explained what happened, why it happened, or what Google will do to prevent it from happening again. Google's PR prefers to deal with the media by email, which makes follow-up questions virtually impossible to ask, at least if there's any kind of deadline involved. The cause is likely nothing more than a server overload caused by an unanticipated spike in usage. But it could have been a software bug, a storage problem, or even a human error. Also this week, Google announced that its fourth quarter profits tripled from last year, and Wall Street reacted by dropping the value of Google stock, by about 2%. Go figure. Thanks for listening. This has been TechBiter Worldwide for the week of February 4th, 2007. I'm Bill Blinn. Check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And you can send me an email from there. Thanks. Bye-bye.